0: Hey buddy, you know we're rolling up here.
1: Really? Are we?
0: Yeah.
1: Oops. Hi everyone, my name is Eric Lehnen. I'm a marketing consultant here at Redpath.
0: I'm Missy Lowry. I'm a delivery director here at Redpath.
1: So last week we talked about the path to success with Paul Selway. If you didn't see it, you can actually click on me right here to view that last week's video. This week I brought in Missy Lowry to talk about something that is all on our minds with projects. And the topic for this week is What is the recipe for a successful project? And Missy is kind of our lead person here that really created the process for Red Path of leading successful projects. So I brought her in this week to talk about what are some of the tools and strategies that she uses in her teams to deliver effective projects. So Missy, I got one big question for you. Everyone is involved with a project, so what separates memorable, successful projects from those that are not?
0: well i think there's a couple ways you could look at that um memorable good projects and memorable bad projects (laughs) um i think the ones that aren't memorable are usually the ones where there was nothing significant that happened Um, i think the ones that we really need to be careful about are the significant bad projects
1: interesting okay now i understand that there's a lot of tools that you kind of developed in your (coughs) team internally And would you mind sharing some of the tools that you use to make sure your your team has the tools that are necessary for making sure that they're successful and making sure that they're kind of accountable for everything?
0: Sure. Yeah, I think um, one of the most important things uh, to keep in mind when you're managing a team or managing any project is to have centralized information um, that everyone can access and that everyone knows how to use because otherwise things get separated and you can easily lose track of tasks and objectives that way. Um, and having documented processes is something that's really important too and not um, you know how to log in your computer or things like that yeah. but having documented processes on um, you know where should we be putting these things what's kind of in our case what's the Red Path way of doing things and, yeah. and how do we do it and making sure that that's documented so when we bring new people onto our team or we you know have People who join our team, who maybe haven't been part of it before, they know where to start.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, documenting all these processes, I know it's a it's a time consuming process, mm-hmm. but such a needed one too. Yes. And I know that everyone has their own way of doing things. Me, especially, I like to have that flexibility to do it my way. Yeah. But I always find myself looking at the the side of you know my way is not always the best way. Right. So, I know that a lot of people kind of feel that way, where they don't want to feel like they're in a very rigid structure. So, how do you? Make sure that you're accommodating for the people that that like to be in that creative and open and uh, unrestricted environment uh, and also trying to implement some documented processes
0: yeah it's a it's a fine line and a dance for sure because people have programs that they like people have processes that they like but you know as a company grows that's not scalable so you need to try to find tools and maybe get the input of your team or you know figure out what features they need or like and then implement the tools that allow them to still have some of that creativity but we're using standardized tools or we're using a standardized way of doing things so within that that kind of yard you can play, but Mm -hmm. um, you have some standard equipment that you're working with.
1: Yeah, so this creates a lot of coachable opportunities and now you have a process. Instead of saying, you know, I like the way you're doing this, but I don't like the way of doing this. Well, now you have something you can say, you know, this is how we like to do things because there's uh, proven success behind all of it.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really important is for people to understand when you're wanting them to use these tools why do you want me to use these tools why can't I use the tools that I want to use why do I want to use these ones that you're suggesting so you need to think about when you're putting processes or tools in place that you're thinking about that we call it the WIFM the what's in it for me
1: mm-hmm. and that, that was a strategy or a, something that Paul talked about last week yeah. is the what's in it for me is you know you got to make sure that you're meeting both sides of it, there's, there's a give and a get, always. Yeah. So we, we talked about the documenting processes and making sure that we have a centralized place for, for tracking tasks and everything. Uh, I know that we internally have this process called IRAD. Yes. Would you mind talking about that?
0: Sure, yeah, and an IRAD can be used on formal projects or informal projects. It's really, you know, what IRAD stands for, for those of you who don't know, are issues, risks, actions, assumptions, and decisions. So, you know, in each of those categories, so if you're having an issue or you're documenting a risk or you're assigning tasks, tasks could be actions in the IRAD. Um, assumptions maybe on an internal project, depending on what it is, you might not use as much. Um, but decisions is another key one for us that we use all the time here because you forget what you decided as a team and what you talked about and one of the really important things of cohesion and kind of unity on a team and that centralized red pathway is for everybody to be on the same page mm-hmm. so that IRAD keeps track of those things for you
1: yeah and that's down to the nitty-gritty so you have your, every action that you assign out to your team You also have all the decisions or risks that you may find out like, oh, I didn't know that this app may or may not work with this other app. And those are things you'd want to call out. Right. Um, So that's kind of the the nitty gritty within a project. Um, What about kind of the high level of using like a Gantt chart to kind of make sure like a a team can all be on the same page in terms of visible success?
0: Yes, absolutely. So another really key um, component of any initiative that you're doing, whether that's internal or external, is setting milestones. So, what are the key milestones? Where, what are the key points where we're going to do a check and say, okay, you know, how are we doing on the project, of, on the progress of our project? And a Gantt chart is just a visual representation of that. So, you can see when you were supposed to start something, when you were supposed to end something, where overlaps are, because it can help you with your resource planning and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's a very valuable tool to help measure you know, time frames and, and forecast resourcing and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And obviously, you want to bring these up in your scrums too. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, would you mind going in more depth on, on scrums and kind of what what is a best practice for, for scrum management? Because I, I know we have scrums here and I know you can be a certified scrum master. I mean, it's a very widely used project management process. but what is kind of your best practices for scrums?
0: Yeah, Um, Typically, ideally a scrum should only be 15 to 20 minutes. You don't want to take a whole lot of people's time. It should be a quick snapshot of what did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? What am I going to be working on tomorrow? And that's also your opportunity to address those things in the IRAD. So did any risks get identified, are there overdue actions, do we have decisions that need to be mm-hmm. made that maybe you know, are causing dependencies? So it's a good place to kind of centralize and regroup and get ready for your day and your day tomorrow.
1: Absolutely, okay. So we talked about some tools uh, and some strategies within it, but what are some of the key factors that, that you feel determine the success uh, or, or build the recipe for su- a successful project?
0: Yeah, so I think um, one of the most important things in a project or just when you're dealing with a team in general is communication. Um, You know, communicate, over communicate. You can never communicate enough. So make sure that you're being very transparent because otherwise things get misconstrued or they get lost or, you know, whatever. and clear leadership is, is really important, too. I mean, you can have a team environment and you don't need to have a hierarchy, but somebody needs to cap, somebody needs to head up that ship. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to be the captain. So um, having clear leadership is really important. And then I think along with that, having clear expectations. So whether we're internally working on something, or we're externally working with a client on something, it's important that we have expectations for our team of what we're expecting, and we the client is clear on what our expectations are of them, and mm-hmm. vice versa, that we're clear on what their expectations are of us.
1: So what are some of the other key factors that you found lead to the recipe for success?
0: Yeah, so I think um, one of the things I keep talking about, issues and risks, Um, Typically it's the negative things, it could be positive things too, but you wanna call those out early because you don't want there to be surprises. Surprises are a really good way to derail a process or a project. Mm -hmm. Um, Another important thing is to prioritize. So when you have all these tasks, you have all these things you need to get done, what's really important and what do we need to focus on first? And then you know, what after that? So that you're making sure that you're focusing on the things that are really important to you or your organization. Um, and then you can, you know, work through the other things as you get those top things done. Um, challenging the status quo is really important. A lot of times people just say, well, we've always done it that way, <laughs> and that's why we do it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes when you have someone who's willing to challenge the status quo, it can help actually make your processes better or make people better because they're not just kind of going along with how, how we've always done it. Um, and then, the, I guess, another final really key thing is discuss decide support. So as a team, you discuss it, as a team you decide what what the next step is or what the solution is or whatever, and then as a team you support that decision. Because another thing that can derail a project or an initiative or anything is going back and saying, "Well, maybe we should have done it this other way," when you guys've already decided as a team that you're going to you know move in this direction so mm-hmm. not to say that there's never a time and a place for redirection because there is but um you know i think as a team you really need to support whatever decisions you're making together
1: yeah i want to come back to the topic of calling out risks early yeah um i know that it's sometimes hard to call those things out early uh, you find a risk and you don't want to look uh, have people look down upon you for calling it out but it's so important to do so because it's the the whole project that it's at risk so how what would you say to people who sometimes uh, are sometimes hesitant to bring up things that they know they should
0: find a champion I would find somebody that you really trust that um, you know that you can go to them you can you know present your risk to them and they can help you frame it and either you know you guys can approach it together to whoever you're needing to present the risk to, or they might give you a really good framework, an idea of how you should present it. But I would just um, find, you know, find somebody that you can trust that will support you in reporting that risk.
1: That's a good idea. So um, all these tools and all these uh, strategies that you've talked about, how can an organization that may have struggled with this in the past, that truly wants to adopt these things, I mean, these things are to some people, may it be a no-brainer, mm-hmm. uh, but they may find a challenge to implement some of this stuff. So what would you say to an organization that wants to implement it but has a lot of obstacles in the way to implement such a plan or, or tool?
0: Yeah. I think um, Paul probably talked last week in his path to Success about having a steering committee mm-hmm. and having that kind of concept. So you have a group who owns that process or who owns you know, whatever projects you have going on, whatever initiatives you have going on. And they're the ones who are the central hub for it and they Mm -hmm. can delegate out and they can determine timelines and things like that. But they as a group are owning that initiative. They're owning that responsibility of making sure that you guys are getting to that successful endpoint that you're looking for.
1: Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. All right, well, I think that concludes this week's episode. I want to thank you again, Missy, for coming out here. So I guess we'll catch you next week. Thank you.